Nick Cage, you are the national treasure. Welcome to We're Not Critics. We've been on hiatus for a little while. AJ tore his ACL and... surgery and that was a lot of fun so it's a little difficult to sit at a desk for more than I don't know what we'll see 30 minutes of time yeah we'll see how long he lasts <laughs> so it's October 1st we're recording our Halloween episode I would dress in like fall clothes but it's 92 degrees outside and this room gets hot when we record so I've got a little ghost earring uh earrings but I'm not gonna show both of them and this cool skull and bones necklace that a former boss made me. So that's as far as I'm going. Oh, and I have a fall theme. I'm drinking some Yano Estacado Harvest Viognier that is made in the wine country where I grew up in rural West Texas. All right, so this is our Halloween episode. We started watching scary movies. Well, we never stopped, but we really got into it in uh, after Labor Day of this year. That's when spooky season starts. Hmm. I don't what? know these rules. Just I don't know. Up. It's just like I felt that urge to go from kind of chill comedies and stuff into horror movies as soon as Labor Day was over. So these are our recommendations from the past year of scary movies, plus uh, a few dishonorable mentions. And also they have nothing to do with being recent, like 2022, 2020. They are from every era. They just happen to be something we've seen in the last year. Our oldest is from 1990, and our most recent one is from 2023. So these are all just movies that we've watched within the last year. Hmm. And there are two that I forgot to write the dates of at the beginning, so I apologize oh, for that. No. All right, so number one is Willy's Wonderland, which I think was from 2021 or 2022, with Nicolas Cage, who doesn't say a word the whole time. He goes and works to clean out this Chuck E. Cheese's place, and it's haunted, and he has to fight the robot animals. He's kind of like, um, he's like Keanu Reeves. He, he acts better when he doesn't talk. I don't know. I like hearing him talk. <laughs> I mean, he's extremely fun no matter if he's good or bad. No. Yeah, that's a weird-ass movie. It's literally just, if Nicolas Cage drove into town, got hired at, um, kind of Friday night at Freddy's, and murdered monsters all night. Mm-hmm. Animatronic monsters. Doesn't say a word. Nick Cage, you are the national treasure. And he, what did he do every single like he hour would drink, or break? Like, he, he brought this stuff like Jolt Cola or this really caffeinated soda to keep him awake. So he would stop in the middle of fighting all these monster haunted animals. Look at his watch and he'd go take his break and get a soda out of the fridge and chug it and like wait 15 minutes. And read play it. pinball. That's right. He played pinball <laughs> and he took his break. And then he went back to fighting monsters. It's a very quiet movie, but a lot of fun. Lots of fun. All right, number two is Goodnight Mommy, which is also fairly recent with Naomi Watts, and I believe it was based on a Swedish film. Mm. That's one with the two little boys. Yeah. And we don't really know what's real and what isn't. Is she, does she have ill intent or not? So it's one of those horror movies where you don't really know what reality is, and then there's a big twist reveal yeah, at the end. Yeah, there's a big reveal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it. I think it could have gone a little further with some, like, questionable things by the mom. Mm-hmm. But um, by the end, like, you could go back and see the movie again and be like, oh, well, this explains things. Yeah. Um, it's pretty good. But I just feel like it, no, not a single movie gets that right, except for... Haunting of Emily Rose or whatever it is. Exorcism of Emily Rose. The Exorcism of Emily Rose. No one walks the line right. They're always just a little too far in one direction or the other by the end. Yeah, like, is it mental illness or is it a ghost or is it supernatural? Or is it a bad mother or is it not? Yeah, is she out to kill her kids or is she just recovering from plastic surgery and she looks weird? So I enjoyed it. The next one is number three is Halloween from 1978. I had never seen it before. Had you seen it before? Uh... Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I didn't grow up watching horror movies. Horror movies have been a recent thing for me. I I finally, like, think I had my breaking point in 2020 where I looked at him and I said, I want to watch The Ring. And I've been having nightmares about The Ring since I first saw it in 2005 or whenever. And I just... But didn't we start your journey into horror movie before that? Because it was like a weird... Maybe. It was a weird, like, okay, 
I have to watch horror movies every so often. Uh, I was raised on horror stuff with my dad all summer long. We would stay up until like midnight and watch like Tales from the Crypt and stuff like that. Um, so I was, I've always watched that sort of stuff. So you, your thing was every weekend we'll watch one and it has to be during the day. Mm-hmm. So I can make fun of it and then I won't be scared at night and have nightmares. And then eventually it got to, okay, I need to watch The Ring again because that's the scariest movie that Melanie had ever seen to her. Um, except for The Exorcist because that, that's uh, watch, still... Watch, I've seen the movie, I've read the book, never again. The top top movie but anyway and then it became like okay we can it was like the middle of the week or something and it was like dark and you're like eh let's go ahead and watch one and even though it's dark outside (laughs) and then we we passed through that and now it's like any day of the week anytime anytime within reason any type it that might be the thing it might be the type if it's a very particular one that like we know it's going to be pretty good, we might save that for a daytime. But if it's something like it's a dark house and I have to get, I always have to get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. So I don't, and my closet door is kind of open. And so I don't want to be thinking about that when I'm going to the bathroom at three in the morning. Yeah. So now it's any day, anytime, anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wanted to watch The Ring to cope with my mounting anxiety and depression, which is all the time, but it was especially bad in 2020. And for some reason, horror movies helped me deal with that. So Halloween is one of those movies I could watch anytime. It's one of those classic slasher films. My favorite yeah. part is when um, they're at the hospital. No, it's not that, but he shows up looking like that girl's boyfriend. He has like a sheet on his head uh, yeah, and he has just, the dude's glasses. He just stands there and like, I'll just let this girl keep talking to herself. Yeah, she's like, hey, honey, get me a beer. And he's just standing there. And I think, okay, Mike Myers has a little bit of a sense of humor. All right. So number four is a remake of a classic film, Hellraiser from 2022. I liked the original Hellraiser. It's gross. It, yeah. It's <laughs> but they're all gross. Um, but it's cool. And, and I didn't know how the remake was going to go but i liked the main character who was a girl with some problems she definitely had final girl energy to her Mm. Uh, the villain was good the way they did the pinhead character is kind of an androgynous being was interesting they did that with a lot of the cenobites where it wasn't really clearly male or female i as far as a remake or reboot or Horror movies are like, they have to be a sequel and a reboot and a remake all in the same time, and it's weird, and they need to quit it. But as far as that goes, pretty damn good. I didn't nitpick too many things. It got kind of existential, which I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish, again, it would go even farther, because every once in a while you just need existential horror, and you can't get it very often in a movie, mm-hmm. which is kind of sad. But... Um, yeah, this one was actually surprisingly good. I, I felt a little weird about like the voicing and everything, but mm-hmm. outside of that, because the original Pinhead had such a cool voice. That dude had some bass in his voice. But yeah, it's, you know, it was pretty good. Especially could, for a Hulu original. Yeah, I could wa- I could watch it again because Hulu either has really good horror movies or really stupid horror movies. Number five is Victor Frankenstein from 2015 with James McAvoy and Daniel Radcliffe. So you know you're going to have a good movie. So James McAvoy plays a young Dr. Frankenstein and Daniel Radcliffe is Igor. This is going to hurt just a little bit. What are you doing to me? Listen to me. You are not wizard and hilarity and weirdness and creepiness ensues. Yeah, and the the actual Frankenstein's monster moment is it's not that big of a moment. It's more about the build up to and, it and, and their relationship between them two. So yeah. um yeah, if you don't know anything about it, it's basically the Robert Downey Jr. um Sherlock Holmes movies. But it's Victor Frankenstein and Igor. And that, like, you'd have to watch it to understand, but that's yeah, what it is. It's, it's two young dudes in a steampunk uh, yeah, ambiance. Yeah. And this guy is super smart, but he's super asshole, and he does drugs, and people don't like him, and he insults 
the uh, Watson or Igor's interest mm-hmm. of love, and it's they're the exact same characters. Um, but it's still those two people and those two characters together are a lot of fun anyway, so I don't care what they're called. Really? You could put James McAvoy and Daniel Radcliffe together in anything and it would be awesome. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving on. This is actually part of a television episode. Simpsons Treehouse of Horror, Season 34, Episode 5, Not It. Can I get my boat back, Sewer Clown? Why, sure. Just reach in and take it. That's right. Build the tension. From 2022. It was so cute. It was like a, a parody of Stephen King's It with... The, the new. The yeah. new It with Homer and Marge and Lenny and Carl and all of them as kids. Except for that one part. <laughs> that is not in it. <laughs> Thank God. But I thought it was a really good parody spoof. And of course, Krusty the Clown is Pennywise the Clown. But I thought it was like a more almost heartwarming spoof of it than I the new it for sure. I hated the yeah, new one. Uh, and um, it was a way better episode than the actual Treehouse of Horror episode that year. Was that the one with the Death Note yeah, spoof and everything? Which was which awful. I was looking forward to that. but If they had taken a whole episode, just made the Death Note thing... Could have been cool, but no, they made it super short and super dumb, and mm. so, which I mean, I, it reflects the Netflix version of Death Note. Anyway, we're not talking about Death Note. Uh, <laughs> so, if if you have given up on The Simpsons, which I totally understand, uh, we're starting the series over just to, I don't know, just. It, expose ourselves to the good parts of it um and then see where it went yeah it's worth going back just every year for the either treehouse of horror or single horror episodes like that Mm -hmm. so if there's a horror episode watch those you can skip probably everything else at this point number seven is from 2016 and that is terrifier it's black and white. Mm. It's a slasher film with a very creepy clown. Isn't and it's it black and white. Yeah, it is. No, it ain't. No, it's not. No. I felt like it was. It was very dark and ominous. Okay, and never gothic. mind. It's not black and white. I don't know why. Art the clown is black and white. Never mind. Yes, he's um, black and white. It's slasher for sure. Like bodies being sawed in half, and it's gross. It's super gross, but it's so gross and it's so like bad on purpose that it's it's fun in a way, but it's kind of also one of those things that like makes me angry. That serial killers exist and yeah. people who torture exist, like makes me angry that somebody like Art the Clown could exist. But Art himself kind of makes it fun. He, he does <laughs> like he doesn't say a word. It's all emoting he's with the very face expressive. and the, the body. He's like I mean he's like a mime. He's like an evil mime. And some of the stuff he does is really funny. So you're saying he's just a regular mime? Yeah. 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 Um, and it's it is so over the top like the gore the, like is things where you're like that's not how bodies work like a okay. severed head with candles in the eye sockets and a, a yeah I don't want to talk anymore not. yeah and it, if you're super into it you can definitely enjoy Terrifier too I didn't like it I thought it was stupid we liked parts it's very long though mm-hmm. and it's now, here's the thing. I think it uh, suffered from its own success. Because the original one did way better than they were expecting. And then I believe it was a crowdfunded film. Um, it like and it then was they cheap. were going to make a sequel, also crowdfunded. And there was way more budget than originally thought. So they're like, we're putting everything into this because we got the budget for it now. Uh. So, but uh, also the. Uh, the Survivor Girl in, in Terrifier 2 is, is yeah. something to watch, so. Uh, yeah, more <laughs> Final Girl energy. So, number eight is Black Phone from 2021, which is based on a short story by Joe Hill, who is Stephen King's son and, honestly, a better writer. Uh, he's a really Not that good... Stephen King isn't amazing. Yeah, he's... don't come don't come at me, don't <laughs> at me. I love Stephen I have a. I have There Are Other Worlds Than These from the Dark Tower tattooed on my arm, as does Same. he. As <laughs> um, does he. I, I don't know how this camera works. I can't put my arm in front of it. But anyway, we both have Stephen King-related tattoos, so we love Stephen King. For the craft itself, 
writer for writer, Joe Hill is more sophisticated. He wrote Horns. Yeah. He wrote Nosferatu. Both of those have been adapted into movies and TV. There's Heart another one. Heart-shaped box. Heart-shaped box. That one hasn't yeah. been adapted yet, but it could. So anyway, Black Phone is part of a collection called 20th Century Ghosts. And um, actually, the 20th Century Ghost story is my favorite story from that book. But Black Phone is part of it. And it's, I mean, it's a lot to, to stretch a movie out from a short story. But they take the, the main pieces. Um, mm-hmm. It's about, it takes place in the 70s and the little boy is kidnapped by a very scary Ethan Hawke. And so he has to find ways to escape. And without giving too much away, he gets clues from people who have been in that same situation before. Yeah. And there's a supernatural element to it. Was this on our... This wasn't on our list for 2021, was it? For, like, best films of the year? It might have been. I can't remember. If it wasn't, it deserved to be. It was very good. Um, it's probably the only one we haven't gone back and rewatched. One of two. But, um... Uh. So, luckily, like, I liked the kids that were in it. Mm-hmm. It felt very it-like in that way, like... Likeable kids. Yeah, that... You know, they've had hardships in life, so they're, you know, they're mature, but also they're still kids, so they're kind of, like, dorky and they're assholes and whatnot. And there's, uh, you know, a little Steve King in this, uh, because he is his father's son, and things that are almost supernatural, but I'm not going to say what they are, but... It walks that line of, like, I'm just going to say that it's there, and I'm not going to tell you anything about it. And that can be good or bad. You just... It's up to you if you like that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's needed. And Joe Hill's actually really good at that, because Horns is the best example. One weird thing. We're going to put one weird thing in this universe on a character, and then... See where yeah, it goes. He, he's kind of, there's some magical realism to Joe Hill, which I like because I don't like fantasy per se. I, I do like some series, but I, I don't necessarily like stories where everything is magical. Everything is supernatural. I like it where here's this regular situation. And in the case of horns, this guy has horns on his head that influence how people, what people tell him. And that's it. And there's kind of an explanation as to what happens, but not really. So it's just this one thing. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Um, as for Horns, the movie, I would recommend the book instead. Yeah, don't... And if you watched the movie... It was fine. Did and you were like, wow, well, this is pretty good. Wow. Read the book and then you'll be disappointed in yeah. the movie. Yeah, <laughs> like I was. My yeah. God. Yeah, oh my God. Okay, sorry, Daniel Radcliffe. Number nine is Run. Am I a burden? Sweetheart, I could do more. I'm your mom. It's my job to take care of you when you need me. This stars Sarah Paulson as a woman who has Munchausen by proxy with her teenage daughter. And so it's the story of the teenage daughter finally figuring out what's going on and her attempt to escape the situation. And yeah. it's very harrowing. Sarah Paulson always seems to play like punchable characters she's so in movies. Good so at it. She's so good at so... it. She might be the nicest person in real life, but Mike, I hate every character I... she's in and in movie I... I just want to strangle her. I have been influenced by her her acting to make me legitimately hate her. It's like a dog whistle. It's just um, <laughs> like a Pavlov's dog thing. You see Sarah like, Paulson, you're like, oh, I want to punch her. If I ever see her in person, I would be like, oh, wow, that's cool. That's a, uh, a celebrity. And if someone was to like, hey, do you want, do you want to go talk to her? I'd be like, fuck no. <laughs> I don't want to be a... talk to Nurse Ratch. I don't want to be a dick. She's probably very nice, but she has taught me to hate her. <laughs> yes, Sarah Paulson, this is your fault. There's for a being certain so good. tiny, dumb part of my brain that's like, well, if she knows how to act like that, she must be evil. She's <laughs> like, like the reverse of uh, Shannon Doherty. Like, she can act like a good person on TV. I don't understand why she's not nice in real life. Um, like, the reverse of that. So, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I'm a little discombobulated right now because I heard a noise. And, and we're talking like about the, a horror. Yeah, and it sounded... The whole house is dark right now. It's the middle of the afternoon, but we keep it dark so it doesn't have weird light coming in here. And I thought I heard my outside glass door creak, so my stomach's kind of feeling weird. So just I need to turn around and look. Nothing is there. Okay, we're good. 
I'm fine. We're live streaming whatever we're you are. We're live streaming. <laughs> we're, we're somebody. No, I don't know. I don't think anybody's watching us live, but there will be evidence and record of this. So anyway, continuing, number 10 is Exorcist 3, which is one I can watch over and over, starring none other than General Patton, George C. Scott. Can't go home. Why? The carp. You know, I thought you said. My wife's mother is visiting father. And Tuesday night she's cooking as a carp. It's a tasty fish. I, I have nothing against it. But because it's supposedly filled with impurities, she buys it live. And for three days it's been swimming up and down in my bathtub. Up and down. And I hate it. I can't stand the sight of it. Moving its gills. Now you're standing very close to me, Father. Have you noticed? Yes. I haven't had a bath for three days. I can't go home until the carp is asleep. <laughs> because if I see it swimming, I'll kill it. Who also played the best Scrooge ever. True. Um, oh, that's your foot that's making that noise. You're rubbing your foot back. That's scaring the crap out of me. <laughs> I, what is that? Anyway? I don't know. It's a basket or something. Oh, yeah. It's, it Melanie looking. has a basket. It's her fault. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, George, I would say George C. Scott sells the movie, but um, everyone else is, in, is good in it, too. The, uh, uh, I can't remember. His last Damien? name is Dorf. Oh, Stephen Dorff. Stephen Dorff is yeah. really good as the Gemini killer, and there's uh, Damien is back in, in a way, and but every time you watch it, even though it's good, you almost wish it was an entirely different film because George C. Scott has this best friend, and they're awesome together. They obviously care about each other, and they talk shit nonstop. Yeah, George C. Scott is a cop, and his best friend is a priest. And I, they are both dead now, these actors. I need a buddy film, like a buddy road trip with them so badly. I need I a love them. sideways, but with these two. like Yes, just tearing it up. These like, two old guys. Like, George C. Scott obviously loves this guy because he brings him a giant stuffed, like, panda or a, a bear. Pen, a or penguin. A pe okay, it was a penguin. I knew it was black and white. A penguin and in the hospital. And he's just like, ah, eh, just... I found it on the ground, or something, talking shit. You're such a pansy, I thought you'd like something like this. Like, yeah, they just, like, break each other's balls all the time, and they and they sit there and smoke cigarettes. They're amazing. Yeah, it's terrific. So, and uh, I have heard it described this way. If you can accept the premise, it's really good. So just accept the premise. Don't be a dick. Just accept it. Yeah, it's good. We have it on a really cheap DVD that we bought used, probably used upon used upon used, and we watch it every other year or so, so it's great. Number 11 is Saint Maud from 2019. Dear God, your presence graces the air, and soon everyone will see. Hi, you Maud? Yes, hi. It takes nothing special to mop up after the dying. You're prettier than the last one. But to save a soul, that's quite something. Bless Amanda's body and bless her mind, which is shrouded in darkness. This is a study of religious fanaticism, and I was just reading something about it, and I want to watch it again. All these movies are ones I, I want to watch again. And it's a young girl who's has, I think she's a hospice nurse, and she's trying to convince someone that she's caring for in the existence of God, and she becomes so fanatic that she starts to do things that harm herself. Again, I don't want to give too much away, but uh, the, the ending, the very last scene is mm. a shocker. Yeah. And, okay, we have bitched about The Banquet at some point. I don't remember if it was another horror episode. Any or... chance we get, I hate that movie. Anyway, it's um, the things that that movie did terrible, this one did pretty good. Yeah, this one, and you know, it's a, it's one of those quiet movies where it's more of, is it this person's mental state or is there something supernatural going on but it's not it's not a slasher film it's not a big scary ghost type of film yeah, it's, it's just, just more quietly terrifying and i guess it would be considered a character study yeah you know it's weird that sometimes the slow ones are the ones that keep your interest 
Mm-hmm. But later, we have one that's uh, the exact reverse of that. It's so slow that it made me angry. Yes, that's on our dishonorable mention, so we'll get to we'll that. We'll get to that. Number 12 is your next from 2011, a slasher home invasion film. Yes. I... And has the girl from Step Up 3 using her natural Australian accent, which is which is awesome. And she is, man, talk about final girl energy. She is a badass girl. Basically, okay, shortest version of the premise. Family gets together. Family attacked by intruders. Things happen. <laughs> and this girl fucks people up. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Like, it's like Home Alone... But with horror. Uh, yeah. And, a, and you actually see the blood that you should have seen in Home Alone. And a legitimate and threat. Death. And a person who... I was sold on her doing what she did. The the only, the tiniest thing I can be bitchy about is sometimes... Now, she always grabbed a weapon. But sometimes I think she would grab something and I'm like, No, that the other thing is right there. It's better. Grab that. But other than that, it doesn't have like... Oh, this is like, okay, this is a good representation, because I bitch about this sometimes, because I'm, I'm a, uh, a man. <laughs> um, women empowerment. She's not super strong or anything, or super here. I believe every second of her survival. Yeah, and they explain the reason why she's a very good, she's very good at surviving. And it, you know, you take it and you take it for what it's worth, and you're like, okay, I can believe this for this character. Yeah, I remembered this movie for years because I saw it when I was younger. And I didn't remember everything, so it was fun to go back and watch it, but it stayed with me, so that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily a great movie, but it's a good movie, and oh, it's yeah. fun. It's a lot of fun. It's fun, and um, then there's a good twist reveal of, like, who was behind it all along, and so there's uh, that drama going on, too. The only bad thing about the movie is it spawned this weird little claymation thing of The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, that, that's very disturbing. That is way more disturbing than anything on this list. Yeah. Um, if you if you want to ruin your day, go ahead and look that up. But if you don't, don't ever look at it. Yeah, don't. Number 13 is Smile from 2022. And that's one of those pass-it-along curse movies, like The Ring or It Follows. He's shrugging his shoulders because ah. he felt okay. He, he had watched it, I think, at your dad's house yeah. without me. And so then I just watched it on my own. I thought, I really like this. I love It Follows. I have grown to really like The Ring. And I like this one. It's one of the ones where it ends and you're like, no, you you were about to get away from it. And I think that's my problem, is the ending. I'm, okay, I won't say why, but there's this trope nowadays. And there's another movie that I don't know if it's on the list or not, but we watched this year that was pretty good. But horror movies now all have to end with, is it really over? It's like, let it be over. Oh, thank God they're safe. No, they're not. You think you break your own rules when every single time that it's not over, it's good mere. Like it's one thing for the Conjuring to be a series because it's it's like demon hunter people, whatever. It's exercising peoples. I don't know what they called. They're not exorcists. Ghost hunters. Anyway. I don't know. So it's so you can have the same people going up different things. It's interesting, different every time. But when it's one particular storyline and it's just a normal person, this could be with any horror movie, and at the very end they're like, ah, but what if meh? No. I'm tired of meh. I just want a contained movie. So... Apparently it's enjoyable, but I don't like the ending. <laughs> yeah, the, the only thing that might be disturbing about this movie for, for people is that the self-harm. curse... Self-harm, suicide type of things, kind of like in The Happening or in uh, Bird Box. So it's that same type of curse. So if that is not something you want to see, don't watch this movie. Number 14, again, one that makes you question what's reality and what isn't, is Piwacket from 2018. Hi. Hi. It's an amazing book. Thank you. But I just wish maybe you could write a little bit more about rituals. Just careful what you believe in. Yeah. I love this part. I don't think the devil's role is to create evil, rather to expose the evil in the hearts of men by challenging the loyalty to God. That's cool. I think our parents will always be our parents. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, we're supposed to look up to them, but they're really just people, right? This is another one that's in line with uh, St. Maud. Yes. Really, really good... Um, walk in the line, 
up until the last moment in, in which, you know... When they reveal what was really going on. So, um... And it plays a lot with kind of, like, the skeleton key idea. Like, is it real because you believe it's real? Or is it real and then you have to believe because it's real? Or is it... Is none of it real? Yeah, right? it's a teenage girl who gets... It gives me New England witchcraft vibes. So she's pissed off that she and her mom moved to the country. So she starts dabbling in what she thinks is witchcraft. After her father dies. Yes. Which is uh, also something that happened in The Banquet. So there's a trifecta of these movies of is it real, is it not real, is it your mental illness, and also one's terrible and two are good, and this one's really good. Yeah, I think that's a, a trope that we've seen lately is like it's triggered by grief. Like in Midsommar, there's this horrible... This girl goes through her parents and her sister dying in a horrible way at the beginning, and then she goes to Sweden or wherever they go and have that awful experience with the cult. So a lot of movies do that, and as somebody with mental illness, I do kind of get sick of the trope of like, oh, they're dry-swallowing pills, and you you can't trust them because they're unreliable narrators. We don't see that that, that much in Piwacket. I think it's more like Skeleton Key. With Piwacket, it's a little more like teenage angst is a bitch mm-hmm. sort of thing, which everyone can deal with so it's not like pointing fingers yeah it's not like specific to mental illness or you know your husband dies or whatever everybody's been a teenager everybody has got not has had run-ins with their parents so it's a common experience so here's another one with some magical realism to it that i i really like number 15 is infinity pool from 2023 i don't understand why we're doing this we barely know these people it's one day let's mix things up a bit you're just happy you found your fan club. I've been waiting six years for your second book. Is it coming out soon? I'm working on it. What do you do for money then? He married well. rich. <laughs> <laughs> I actually came here looking for inspiration. It's our most recent movie with Eric Skarsgård. It might be the strangest on the list. Yeah, so he is in a fake country that may be something it's kind of a little eastern european country like romania or something like that they're at a hotel and it's discovered that the magical part is that if, if you commit a crime they'll create a clone of you in this infinity pool that they'll execute as punishment for a price so it caters to rich people so this is how this country kind of keeps its economy going is through yeah. this and then this this something happens where this guy breaks a rule oh i think they run over somebody it, it was a pretty bad crime and so they said we'll either execute you or we'll make a clone of you and the son of the boy who, the son of the man who died will kill you and you have to watch and at first he's really troubled by it. he's really torn but then he discovers this group of kind of rich jet setters who do this for fun and And they kind of get off on making clones and watching them die over and over so it's yeah it's kind of a study in hedonism and this is coming into a similar trend that i actually kind of enjoy lately is kind of the takedown of the super rich (laughs) and like they're really fucked up um like like, what more do you need to feel satisfied? What what more... How much yeah, debauchery or, do you need to feel satisfied? What... How much detachment from humanity do you have because of... I think that's what it really is, the detachment from humanity. I mean, literally, you're watching your clone get killed, and they're begging for their life, even though they've only been alive for maybe five minutes, and you're watching they, a human but being die. But they're you. They have all your memories. Yeah, that's so, true. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, and the ending was interesting mm-hmm. more like something you could think about for a little yeah, while sort it's, of interesting, it's a thought-provoking so. movie number 16 is from 2005 it's a french movie called high tension which doesn't really <laughs> belie what goes on and it's kind of a slasher film but the twist is so good when he's seen <laughs> or, it before and when i saw it i was like what or it's so bad because apparently some people hate the twist i think the problem is and I won't, I won't explain it, because even though it's been out forever, a lot of people haven't heard about it or seen it. Um, I think people get confused about where the twist begins. And it's farther back than you think. If you, if you go and watch it, remember that. The twist that you see, it goes farther back in the story than what you initially think. Mm-hmm. And so. I, I still don't know if I fully accept it, because... 
it's so like you you have to accept a lot to believe that this twist is real because there was that moment where i was like no because <laughs> it first, can't be true at first it's, it's a, impossible <laughs> at first it's a pretty straightforward slasher movie and then escalation and then you know not like dips but like we get to the top of the roller coaster and now we get to find out what's really going on mm-hmm. um so i vividly remember certain parts of that movie and it's brutal i I vividly remembered the beginning and the end so i think i just kept my mouth shut when we were watching it because i just told melanie oh this band in some country so it's it's fun it's fun to experience a twist you know it's like every time the first time you see the sixth sense you're like what he was a ghost the whole time yeah when it's a good one yeah um which nowadays i can't see it being banned in other it's, than it's not exceptionally it's pretty grotesque it's not exceptionally terrifier it's not any worse than terrifier terrifier is way worse terrifier is disgusting um and maybe it there are gay themes in it that might be part of the problem at that point Which in time fuck you for banning stuff for having gay stuff in yeah it. that's fucking stupid but maybe that's why they did it back then i maybe. don't know i don't think anything stands out in it that's over, super over the top for horror movies. There's definitely disgusting things. Yeah, so if that bothers you, don't skip it. But don't why it. Why would you be listening to us anyway? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, okay, number 17 is definitely a mindfuck. It's Antrim from 2018. And this is one of those Blair Witch <laughs> kind of things. Of, and it had me going for a minute. It was like, there was this movie that was made in the 70s, and it was cursed. And anybody who saw it they had bad luck. Bad things happened to them. They died. The, the movie theater caught yeah. fire. And then they show the movie, which has some pretty messed up stuff. Like, it deals with the devil and some pretty gross killing of other humans. This is the forest where the devil landed when he was cast out of heaven. Yeah, and okay. So, so... And so, like, and they have it, like, a documentary style. Like, these filmmakers find it and everything. Yeah. So... I had my moment where I was like, oh, crap, are we going to die after we watch this movie? Okay, look, here's the thing. It was a good movie. I I liked it. It was creepy. I'm glad we watched it in the afternoon. Um, It's more like, like, what's really going on uh, between these two people that are in this situation, which are a brother and a sister. But the beginning might either really set the movie up for you, or it might ruin the movie for you. Mm -hmm. Because... I, okay, we've gotten better recently, I think, at um, tamping expectations and letting things be what they are, because we've found out that when we have expectations for things, sometimes even good movies seem terrible to me, maybe Melanie, I don't know, and other people don't like that, (laughs) so, um, Pinocchio. Anyway, so, um, trying to, you know, tamp expectations... But the beginning sets this up as this movie made people go insane. Like, although one of the, like, meh, well, maybe there was someone lacing LSD in the popcorn at one of these events where bad things happened, where they watched it. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. The, but the, once we get to the actual movie, it's good, it's interesting, it's got some scary stuff and some fucked up stuff. Mm-hmm. But... Is it the movie that I would, after watching it, picture like, oh yeah, so that's the movie that made people go crazy? Not really. Um, High tension, Mike. <laughs> yeah, well, so I was expecting, I was like, oh, what, what is this going to do to my existentialism? Because I think that's the quickest way to, like, fuck somebody's brain That's up. how, like, okay, the ghost stuff scares me and stuff, but when you start, that's why I can't watch The Exorcist, because I'm like, I might actually believe in it. I don't know, <laughs> so I don't I don't want to think about yeah. that too much, because I'm afraid of what I will think. So, it was very good. The relationship between the brother and the sister is... Yeah, that was good. It believable, they were and really good. there's a reveal in that, too, and it, but you kind of know it's coming, but you're not sure yet. Yeah. Um, the only thing that you need to be ready for is it's said to be a Russian film or German or something. Russian, I think. And as soon as the movie starts, all the titles they're in are the Russian. Yeah, they're in the Cyrillic alphabet. And so. then people start talking and it's not dubbed over. It's just 
English. American accented English. So that's what really kind of ruined the immersion for me like if they really wanted to go all the way of even if even bad dubbing even if they spoke english just do some bad dubbing where it's kind of hard to tell if they're speaking a different language or, or not. maybe like not bad like bad acting like get some good dubbing uh, but make it obvious that it's like mess up the timing so it yeah, doesn't it doesn't a, match just up. a little bit and that would probably help with Making you feel a little off balance, mm -hmm. you know? Making you feel unsettled. Because that's part of the story. I'm getting unsettled thinking about so, it. I mean, it's still really good. I, I love the documentary setup at the beginning. It's really good. The The uh, reveal, the ending is good. I just... It made me want a movie that doesn't exist. But the movie I got was very good. Yeah, it was good. So it's, it if you want to be creeped out and you want to maybe have one of those moments where you're like, I don't want to think about this anymore. I am troubled. I need to watch a Malcolm in the Middle episode or something just to get me out of it. That's a good, if you just want to be unsettled, that's good to watch. Number 18 is Unfriended from 2013, which I'd had on my Netflix queue for a long time because I thought, oh, this is going to be so stupid. We can make fun of it. I actually enjoyed it. It's not necessarily a good movie, but it's an interesting movie because it's shot entirely from a computer screen it's a and it's also kind of a time capsule in a way yeah it is because they're like talking over it's these college kids who are talking over Skype or high school kids they're talking over skype and there's like things happening on facebook on the screens and there's yeah. shitty um video quality and audio cutting out sometimes and uh, things happening off screen and on screen. And... Yeah, and, and at first I thought, is this just going to be on the computer the whole time? Because that's boring. But once you accept that, yeah, eventually it's really you get creative. into it. Yeah, because you start to wonder, like, how are they going to... Okay, that's how they did yeah, it. Yeah, so it's a group of friends who are talking and there is an unwelcome presence online with them that they can't get rid of and things get things escalate and escalate and escalate and you only see from like either hearing what's happening or seeing it from the camera's point of view so it's creepy it's i, I liked it yeah. it was better than i thought it was especially for like the subject matter like unfriended you know teenagers type of stuff this is gonna be dumb i enjoyed it i thought it was spooky if for nothing else it was an interesting thought experiment to make a movie that way yeah just like an interesting art project whoever had the idea for that good for you yeah good you, art project you made it interesting i'm mm -hmm. surprised and the very end of the movie there's an interesting dynamic going on between all the people in the group mm -hmm. and the presence and it was just it was, that's kind of the coolest idea of the movie. I won't say what it is, but it's, it's almost like a drinking game kind of thing mm -hmm. or something, but with, you know, dire, things get worse and worse. Dire consequences, man. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, um, interesting idea that I thought would have been boring and they somehow pulled it off. Yeah, it so. was, it was good. Number 19 is Books of Blood. Our subject today is Simon McNeil. He's a self-professed medium. He's almost here. For those of you that don't know, I recently lost my son, Miles. People like Simon like to prey on grief. Ready whenever you are. I need complete darkness. Or rather, they do. From the work of Clive Barker. This was a movie made in 2020, not to be confused with Book of Blood, which I think is a different movie. So mm. books, plural. It's it's an anthology. It's three stories, and they kind of come together at the end. And it has that Clive Barker quality to it, especially with the last story of the dude who gets written on by ghosts. Um, I Clive liked it. Barker is he's got a very particular style. So now, for those who don't know, Clive Barker gave us Hellraiser and Candyman, right? Yes. Okay. And there's probably another one out there, but those are the big ones. Yeah. Um, he takes <sighs> cursed energy, spirits, ghosts, demons, all that stuff to very extreme levels. Mm -hmm. um, and for, okay, I've never been Gorefest type of horror person. I don't care that much. Um, I want dread and like threat. I, I actually like, uh, well, spaced out over time but like like home invasion stories where they the you know people on the inside fight back um so i'm cool with like violence but sometimes clive barker and i don't know if this is like the filmmakers or him probably him because it happens in all of his movies um it's very grotesque in some ways mm -hmm. in an artsy way like yeah. how beautiful can i make this ripped up 
living corpse. Although the most unsettling story of the anthology for me was the middle one, which does not have really a supernatural element that we think really the perpetrators mm -hmm. are people. Yeah. The house. That's um, all. I, I don't want to say any more. And body parts are removed and I don't want to say anymore. <laughs> so that freaked me out because sometimes I think, oh, there are real humans out there who do bad things. I don't know if these ghosts and ghouls are actually real, but people are and people do bad yeah. things. If I had to be nitpicky, the only thing I'll make a tiny complaint about is the, there's always a, well, not always, but a lot of times in an anthology, which you don't really get a lot of, but, um, there's a through line. There's like some part of the story that just connects everything. Mm -hmm. And, it's kind of a really big space between the beginning of the through line and the end of the through line. Yeah, they kind of forced it. Like, it's there, and not just at those two points, but you don't notice it at all in, except for those two points. Yeah. So, and it wraps up the movie. That's fine. But if that through line had been around a little bit more, I would have been a little more invested in that. So, other than that, the the stories were all very interesting, though. So... Trying to remember if I even remember them all, though. There's I don't quite remember the first part. I remember the second one that, that disturbed me the most, and then the third one with the woman who was supposedly clairvoyant and the boyfriend that was kind of a leech, yeah, and he well, did not have a good ending. There were two guys that were... Um, they were after the Book of Blood, and then yeah, they found they out were, what that really was. They seemed like hitmen-type people. Yeah. Um, and there, I swear there's another story in there, but we just don't... Uh, there was a girl who heard everything or something? No, she was in the second story. That was the one, Never mind. the sensory girl. We, yeah. We're making this sound like we barely even watch these things. but uh, It's just been a while. These are movies yeah. we've watched over the last several months, and I've kept a list of the ones I really like, so we're almost done. Number 20 is The Clove Hitch Killer from 2018, and we just watched that maybe a month ago, and it's mm. one of those kind of like the BTK killer and really creepy, like a nice, wholesome-looking guy is this awful serial killer, and it's the story of, you know, who is he? Does his family find out? And he acts yeah. like the Boy Scout the whole way through, and it's so creepy. So it it's... We can talk about it, because it's the movie... You know who it is. Just you know who the killer tells is. tells you, yeah. kind of. And the trailer just immediately, like, eh. Which, by the way, trailers, shut the fuck up. Trailers need to stop. They're you, showing us the whole movie and all the twists and everything. Every single one of them. We try to... Yeah, we we have multiple horror movies catch our eye. We want to see what's up. And they always tell us so much that, okay, I'm no longer interested. There Or there's no... Or I nothing, know what the twist is. Or there's no anticipation of dread because, oh yeah, well this is that scene where X happens. And we know they're going to survive because this happens. You know. So, um, that... Shut, stop making your... Just don't make trailers anymore. Trailers so long. <laughs> but anyway, so you know pretty early on, he's a murderer... And then it's sort of about the kids in the story, and it felt kind of, again, a little Stephen King-ish. It did, yeah. You know? I, he, that sort of storyline, I, I don't know why, but I really enjoy. Like, like the kids solving a mystery. Okay. Here's a, here's a great thing about kids being in these sorts of horror movies and whatnot. They're children. So they have no control over very big aspects of life, and no one trusts them mm -hmm. because they're kids. They're they're overreacting or whatever. They have no power of their own to just be like, oh well, you know, I'll just walk down to the store and buy a gun or whatever. The or I'll go tell be, the police that my dad's a killer. Yeah, there's and uh, things are. Things that are, like, aggressive to you emotionally are even bigger to them. Mm -hmm. So, it's it's a pretty good vehicle. Uh, I don't want every movie to turn into that, but it's, you know, if you have a good story and you make that audience, like, that group of people, like, your main center point, it kind of can heighten it a little bit. And sometimes when they're, like, right out of high school level it, or college, then it's really stupid. So, but Unless anyway. it's unfriended, which I like. Okay, number 21, the last on our list of recommendations of watch these during spooky season or if you love horror, watch anytime was a rewatch for both of us. And when I've been bugging him to rewatch for months, Ghost Ship from 20, 2002. 
If you know the beginning, you know the beginning. 20 odd two. 20 <laughs> You never forget the beginning of this movie. Yeah. Um, Anybody who's seen it knows. That's literally the only thing I remember. That's the only thing I remember, too. I remember <laughs> the beginning and I remember the very end. Yeah. Um, but okay. I didn't remember who the bad guy was. Yeah. Once I saw the end again, I think I sort of got like deja vu. So my, it was in there in my brain. Mm-hmm. But it's... um Okay. I'm going to give this movie... A synopsis that the original creator probably didn't want, but it's apt. Um, it's The Shining on water. Just like a ghost ship, huh? <laughs> Basically, yeah. There's you have them. Disney on ice and The Shining on water. It it just is. It's got the vibe. It's got like the weird party ghost aspect. Like, what are the what's weird about the ghosts? Why are the ghosts so freaky? Um, it's got the little creepy girl that. Just one of them. Yeah, still. just one, but... Oh, also the sexy lady who is not. Yeah. <laughs> Later on. So, oh, it's uh, the, the only, and this is me nitpicking, but it's also enjoyable because it's kind of like time capsule moment. There is one scene that <laughs> plays so out of place. It's necessary, but the style of everything, it was suddenly Ocean's Eleven. And yeah, it was like, the here's how scene. it all went down. Yeah, it's the reveal scene. I didn't know that there needed to be a reveal like that. I just thought, oh, that well, this that thing at the beginning. There you go. Bunch of people died all at once in a weirdly horrific way. Like, um, that, that, that series of stupid-ass movies we keep watching the new one of. I don't remember. I don't know what you're talking about. De- death is the center point. That's all of them. These are Cre- horror movies. Creative death. Oh, Final Destination. It's a very yes. Final Destination death. <laughs> yes, and I very. thought, like, oh, well, well, there you go. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> That's why it's cursed. But no, there's a real reason. And uh, even, okay, once... A pretty good reason. I liked it. It's interesting. Once yeah. you get past that one scene that's the reveal, the actual explanation is pretty interesting. Yeah, it's cool. Um, So, yeah, man, go back and watch it. You don't need, though. And pe- and this is in people's minds, because I saw it on Reddit, it randomly. Someone was like, well, Ghost Ship and 13 Ghosts aren't that bad of movies. You're half right. So someone else out in the world put those two in, in his brain together at the same time. And we all I do. did, too. I did, too, because I feel like I watched those around the same time. And 13 Ghosts, that brings us to our dishonorable mention, 13 Ghosts was from 2001. The producers of House on Haunted Hill invite you to a special house. This place is awesome! With glass walls that move. It's all sealed up. And the dead just down the hall. We got company! We should get the hell out of here! Now! Hell, hell. The gang's all here. Oh. oh, we just rewatched that like two days ago. It's so dumb. And it's got Tony Shalhoub and F. Murray Abraham. Sally, so he won the Oscar for Salieri. Like, dude, why are you? Why are both of you in this movie? It's, it's so dumb. It's so bad. And people who I know are good actors act terribly in it. And yeah. they're, they're the 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 amazing ghost revealing object looks like some really bad safety glasses yeah like you look through these safety glasses and you can see the ghosts what and it's i don't know man and i didn't really get like i don't i didn't understand the the drive from the villain and i won't say who the villain is but i didn't i just didn't get it and then there's yeah, like, a reveal why did, you, why did you go to this trouble to build this big creepy house and get involved with the the dead and what's your purpose behind it? Like, I get, okay, like in Hellraiser, there's always some corrupt rich guy who's like, I want the Hellraiser box to feel ultimate pleasure. And so, you know, like, I've done everything else in the world. I've been all over the world and I've done all these things and I want to feel the ultimate disgusting pleasure. And so that makes sense in the Hellraiser movies. But with this one, I'm like, what's your motive? Yeah, why? It's just, uh, I I don't understand. Yep. But, and, and there's also a really dumb reveal about another character that's re- that's connected to the villain and it's just stupid like, are we talking about tony shalhoub or another character 
Is that... He was the dad. Oh, uh, no. No, because we know who he is related to somebody else. Yeah, we know about that one. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, the, the the love interest sort yes. of. Yeah, that was stupid. That was so dumb. <sighs> and it came out of nowhere. And... Yeah, you're like, ew, why? <laughs> um, I like the nanny character. I don't know how she's his nanny, though. Since yeah, because he was he, broke. He's like, I lost everything. I'm just a math teacher now. I can barely afford this one-bedroom apartment. And a nanny. <laughs> and a nanny, a full-time nanny, live-in nanny for my kid. So, yeah, that, that's what I question. I don't question anything else. I don't question any of the supernatural element. But, like, how does this guy who has lost everything is barely making it? None of his bills are paid on time. How does he afford a full-time... Like, and she's in on it, too. Like, she, like at some point she says, oh, I need to get paid more for this bullshit. But... Did she just need a place to crash? I don't, I don't know. And she took care of... The little kid was cute. I liked him. The little kid. Because yeah. sometimes kids in horror movies are annoying, but I, I like the little boy in this one. Okay, that's one good thing about that movie. Yeah. Okay, two more dishonorable mentions. So the first 21 movies we talked about, go see. I, I, I would rewatch every single one of them. Also Freaky. Oh, yes! We didn't mention that one. Freaky, which is from 2022 or 2023, a play on Freaky Friday... Kind of in the same vibe as um, Happy Death Day. Maybe it's, it's the from same. the same creator. Yeah, the yeah. Blumhouse group. The and... only thing, it's really funny. The only thing to complain about is the original character of the girl is not in the movie long enough for Vince Vaughn, the killer, to correctly portray her. Yeah. She he he came off very much like, well, I'm a girl in a giant dude's body. Eh. And that's it. Uh, I mean, honestly, we've seen it better done in The Hot Chick with Rob Schneider. Very similar. But it's a good movie. I love Vince Vaughn when he was playing the girl. It was better in The Hot Chick because that girl actually acted the way she was the ditzy blonde who's like the head of the school or whatever. Yeah. So it made sense when he acted that way. This girl's kind of set up to be, you know... Kind of emo? A little little pick-me-ish and like more serious as a human and then Vince Vaughn's like oh. hey guys it's me I have a handle now just because yeah she thinks which I mean honestly if I were turned into a man I would just I, my parents are listening to this so I'm not gonna say but like I would think having a dick is hilarious <laughs> <laughs> so it'd be hilarious and she reacts the way I would be like oh look at that look at what it does <laughs> Okay, so anyway, so, back, to anyway back to dishonorable mention. But yeah, but watch Freaky. So 13 Ghosts sucks. The Friendship Game from 2022 starring Peyton, Lee, Peyton List from Cobra Kai had potential. Yeah, like it's, it's kind of one of those mindfuckery movies. I was thinking about the butterfly effect earlier today and how it's like a group of friends and there's a supernatural element to it and their friendship is tested. That's honestly yeah. a better movie than... If you want that same vibe, watch The Butterfly Effect rather than The Friendship Game because it had kind of a good idea, but it never followed through. It was confusing and not in like a good artsy, like, well, what they really meant was this. No, it was not well thought out. No, the the ending, the reveal is very strange because it's like... I don't even remember the reveal. It was stupid. Well, it, there are... It, Fuck. <laughs> it, <laughs> it was so forgettable. <laughs> well, no, it's not forgettable exactly. I mean, I guess it could be. It's, I don't know how to explain it. It has this sort of like, well, what, what does it mean to have infinite possibilities sort of thing? Kind of crammed in. It's not f correctly fleshed out. Uh, and there seems to be a, a, a malevolent spirit connected to the box thing kind that of. they... Because it seems like there's a thought force behind, like, someone's guiding things. And then we see a, certain characters die at certain times. Or a character dies at the beginning that kind of sets everything up. But it shows the version of reality where every one of her friends killed her. But it doesn't explain... That those are other real. It's very confusing. Like I'm, I'm all good with a good mind fuck, but this was not done well. It had an interesting idea and it fucked it up. Maybe take it and and retry with that idea. I'm, I, I would have been curious about like, yeah, the infinite worlds, uh, this version of the world where this happens. Multiverses have been 
like a thing lately. That's been a theme because we watched The Flash a couple of weeks ago, and multiverse is a theme with that. We watched the 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 new Spider Verse movie several a couple months ago, and so that just pe- keeps being a recurring theme. And, and I like the idea of that, so I like seeing people explore it. But yeah. they just didn't do it well with this movie. We need to just watch uh, everything everywhere all at once. Or everything like, everywhere all at once. Yeah. yeah. So we haven't watched that yet, and I know that's like uh, for people that watch movies it's like a sin at this point to be honest but maybe we'll just have to look at that to get what we're looking for because that that movie fucking it was annoying the friendship game yeah what i hate is when it's just interesting enough to keep me invested the whole movie and then at the end i'm just angry that it was bad like what okay last dishonorable mention when we tried to watch yesterday we got maybe 30 minutes in and i fell asleep i am the pretty thing that lives in the house from 20, I can't read my handwriting. I think it's 2016. That's that old? Boo! I hated it. It it gave me the same vibe. You haven't seen it, but it gave me the same vibe of I'm thinking of ending things, which I'm sure somebody will come in and say, well, you just don't understand the art behind that movie. I'm like, fine, okay, whatever. I made myself watch the whole thing of I'm thinking of ending things. It was so pretentious. I hated it so much. That is the word. Maybe I should try watching the... Reading or reading the book instead. But anyway, back to I Am the Pretty Thing, blah, blah, blah. It was one of those, okay, like, St. Maud is a very slow, quiet build. This tried to be as well, but it was just boring. I, I actually, we turned it off, and I took a nap for an hour, and that was better than watching that movie. I just got so angry at the... the. I was starting to drift off, and I heard you yell at it, and I was like, what? <laughs> the main character, and this is... Okay, the, the setup is... Um, I believe this is a Netflix original. Um, girl is a, a nurse. Like a hospice nurse. A hospice nurse. Kind of like in Living, and she goes to this woman's house to be her nurse, and it's this famous writer, and she wrote 13 horror novels, and this woman, like, read nine pages of one of her books, which is, like, stupidly specific in an annoying way. And the whole movie, when she's in her head talking, which she does all the time, and the the shots just sit. And not in a way I know what forever. I know they're going for unsettling, but it was it's not. It was boring. boring. But she's so pretentious in her own head. She sounds like she's trying to be an author who has too much interest in prose. Everything she talked about was a metaphor about life and death and like, shut the fuck up. I don't care. (laughs) I don't care if you're... Nothing happened. The only thing that might have kept my interest is I think she's really the crazy person in the whole story because she was on the phone that had like a 16 foot cord and she would... Now this might be bad filmmaking, but it gave me the impression that she was talking to herself because she would say things... Not give enough time to respond, respond anyway, to people in a way that no one talks to someone as. In a, no one talks to each other that way. And then, like, a random thing would happen. You never hear a voice, ever. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it was infuriating. I was like, okay, she's the crazy person. That's, she already told us she's going to die, so I don't know how she's telling us the see, story. That, that's what caught my attention was, she said, I am 28 years old. I will never see 29. I thought, that's not how 28-year-olds speak, but okay. But and So my thought was, okay, good. I, I want to see how she dies. She does die. I looked up the ending, but it's just so boring. I can't, couldn't deal with it, and I mm. had that on my Netflix queue forever because I like the name of it, and if, it just, if no. You, if you'd rather watch a movie about someone who is acting in a way that isn't quite right, the house that Jack built. Oh God! Is very interesting by Lars Van Trier. So we're gonna leave that with you. Uh, which oh. apparently he's. I didn't. I've never watched any of his movies. Apparently he's known for making, possibly, like on purpose, over the top, like controversial, controversial, a little pretentious, on purpose type of films. And maybe Jack the House Built is like a self roast about that because. There's a there's a murderer who starts out very bad at it. Yeah, it's Matt Dillon. He was just kind of funny. <laughs> and he's got um, conversations with Virgil As from in, Dante's Inferno. Yeah. Throughout the film. So it's like a fan fiction about Virgil. Yeah, and they're talking about 
Which art. Dante's Inferno was a fan fiction. Yeah. So. And they're talking about art. And what does it mean to be art? And you know, and I'm the I'm the artist. I'm not a murderer. Me. It's it's more about this than me. And yeah, it's a statement on society. I I'm mean, like, sure. I mostly kill women, but I'm not a misogynist. I kill dudes too. What does that mean? <laughs> so, it's an interesting movie, at the very least, especially for having a murderer who is bad at it and he talks to himself in his own head. He's not. So, yeah, he's not a likable murderer. That's for sure. I hated this guy. No. I'm glad he met the ending that he met. But yeah, that one. Ugh. So I don't know how I feel about that. That's movie. my recommendation. Only against the I'm the pretty thing in the house that I wish Jack had built. So. Um, yeah, that's nice. So for pretentious movies, you know, I wonder if Lars Van Trier was the inspiration for, you know, in uh, Nope, there's the filmmaker who's so dedicated that he gets sucked up into the oh, the yeah. alien. I wonder if that's like a send up of guys like that who are just these pretentious artists. And I come from an artistic family, so you don't have to be pretentious to be a good artist. So anyway. Sorry if we just spoiled part of Nope. <laughs> Sorry. Whoops. Oops. Um, Other things happen in Nope. <laughs> also, we didn't love Nope. I liked it. We didn't love it. I liked it. We didn't love it. I didn't, well... It, it didn't make it onto the list. No. Just saying. Fine. I, I thought it was good. It was fine. It was it was the worst of the Jordan Peele movies, but it was fine. But it's still the best of many other things. I oh, yeah. It's it. better than a lot of stuff, but yeah. it's still just fine. Okay, so I guess we'll get back to a regular schedule. AJ, after sitting for an hour at this desk, how does your knee feel? I don't know. It's been still the whole okay, time. Okay, so when he gets up and moves, we'll see. So we will try to get back to a regular schedule. If you want to join our cult and be my victim, we are on Instagram at We're Not Critics. We're hopefully still on YouTube and all the things. Go the, watch horror movies. We only remember what we're on. Anymore. I know it's it's been a minute. Knee surgery's a bitch. Yeah. So um, that's my horror story. I had my knee cut open. Yep. Picture that. Uh. So, but uh, also the uh, the Survivor Girl in, in Terrifier Two is, is yeah. something to watch. So uh, yeah, <laughs> more Final Girl energy. So, number eight is Black Phone from 2021, which is based on a short story by Joe Hill, who is Stephen King's son and, honestly, a better writer. Uh, he's a really Not that good... Stephen King isn't amazing. Yeah, he's... don't come don't come at me, don't at me. I love Stephen King. I have, a, I have There Are Other Worlds Than These from The Dark Tower tattooed on my arm, as does Same. he. As does <laughs> um, he. I, I don't know how this camera works. I can't put my arm in front of it. But anyway, we both have Stephen King-related tattoos, so we love Stephen King. For the craft itself, writer for writer, Joe Hill is more sophisticated. He wrote Horns. Yeah. He wrote Nosferatu. Both of those have been adapted into movies and TV. There's Heart another one. Box. Heart-shaped box. That one hasn't yeah. been adapted yet, but it could. So anyway, Black Phone is part of a collection called 20th Century Ghosts. And um, actually, the 20th Century Ghost story is my favorite story from that book. But Black Phone is part of it. And it's, I mean... It's a lot to, to stretch a movie out from a short story, but they take the, the main pieces. Um, mm -hmm. It's about, it takes place in the 70s, and the little boy is kidnapped by a very scary Ethan Hawke. And so he has to find ways to escape. And without giving too much away, he gets clues from people who have been in that same situation before. Yeah. And there's a supernatural element to it. Was this on our, this wasn't on our list for 2021, was it? For like best films of the year? It might have been. I can't remember. If it wasn't, it deserved to be. It was very good. Um, it's probably the only one we haven't gone back and rewatched. One of two. But um, 